You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get a little, uh, you know, ga- gadget plays if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know who made a really quick? You know who made a sneaky good pick? I'm looking at some value picks here because your pick with uh, Jorge Reyna could have huge upside. $2 player, new Fresno quarterback. Marvin Kinsey, a $1 player, could be very interesting to pick up. Yeah. Because that's who Josh, our buddy Josh picked up with this Ram stuff. He mm-hmm. And he's been like the CSU roster running back, and we'll get maybe it's kind of combine all of our stuff, but he. Oops, I deleted his name there. Don't delete his name off his roster. But they lost. Um, oh, shoot. Um, They've lost, like, graduation. Izzy Matthews is gone. Guys aren't on the team anymore. They, he might be the guy who could be, like, a, basically a $5 player by the end of the season. And also look at, um, isn't, um, okay, I should, I should ask a favor of you because, um, we should put te- team names as well next to these because one or two guys, I'm like, wait, what team does he play for? There's, <laughs> there's a lot of guys. I'm just saying. Yeah. And so, um, Xavion Valade is on Wyoming, correct? Yes. That could be another value if he's anywhere close to Nico Evans. Exactly. So, okay, I just want to get that. Just make it for people aware. But I, I like yours. Toa Tala, Juwan Washington. Um, Cole Fagan could be interesting for Air Force. Ronnie Rivers might be undervalued. That could be a really good pickup there. Um, also, as you mentioned in our chats, like when you pick the offensive line, defensive line spots, you're sort of going with – you're taking the player but sort of the team with that too. Is that how you're doing this or you just want kind of like a main guy? I mean, I, I always thought of it as, you know, if you're picking like the core of your team – on both sides of the ball. What do you really want to value? So like if you look at my entire roster, which you know is Reyna, Bright, Collins, Daubs, and Muti on the offensive side. And on the defensive side, I went with Dom Peterson from Nevada, uh, Kyle Johnson from Air Force, uh, Juju Hughes from Fresno State, uh, Trenton Thompson from San Diego State, and then Ryan Meskel from Hawaii. I skimped a little bit on special teams, admittedly, um, because I wanted to build kind of a a ground and pound team with a lot of speed, a lot of big playability on one side of the ball. And then I wanted to be able to avoid big plays on the other side of the ball, which is where that defensive flex position really came into play because I'm, you know, between Hughes and Thompson, to me, I see that as, you know, a pair of really good safeties that could take away the deep ball because you see that with a lot of, (laughs) a lot of running friendly teams where, you know, if they get behind, if they're susceptible to the big play that can make things more difficult for them. And so that was kind of how I constructed my team overall was I wanted to have kind of a fun, explosive offense on one hand, but also a defense that could lock things down on the back end too. Okay. That makes sense. So I'm, I'm filling on my, as you speak here, I'm kind of getting there. So I'll tell you my, I, okay, I'll give you one guy. Are you looking at my sheet right now as I'm filling it out? Have you, yes, I am. I'm uh, cheating a little bit. I was going to say, is it hard to guess that's my quarterback? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if, if listeners of the podcast will probably be able give, to guess. I'll give you two seconds, folks. All right, Donald Hammond from Air Force. I, I can totally see that. I think he has pretty big upside just because like, when he started last year, they were really good. Like him, Ryan Agnew is risky, partly because Air Force, or San Diego State's offense isn't really offensive-minded in the passing game. 
And he may not be the starter, which we'll talk next time. But I like Hammond. I did. I was debating running back. I think I'm going to. I have Bright. We see you, Gerald Bright. Because look what. I was looking at Darwin Thompson's stats for when we we're doing our draft stuff. He has like seven yards of carry running the ball oh, yeah. just about. 15 to 16 um, in the rece- receiving game. And he was mm-hmm. right there behind him. I could. I was deba- I, I, mine's not done yet, so mine will be work in progress. But I looked at Ronnie Rivers, perhaps. Like I mentioned, uh, Valade, possibly Kinsley could be pretty good. Hey, even Hawaii's Fred Holly, the third could be a decent choice. Receiving. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, man. I might go with – here's the thing. If you have a new quarterback lined up with a new receiver, Brendan or Larry Orange, well productive, we don't know who the Nevada quarterback is going to be. That's true. So that's if you look, at, look into as well. Do we need to make a uh, – at least for, on my end here, I guess for our staff, we need to have a deadline. These are in. Do, or should we allow for um, changes headed to the preseason if we're going to do something fun throughout the year? Is there a, some sort of, hey, you get a one-week chance to make some changes because of – injuries or guys not starting anymore i'll allow it yes okay we'll make sure that's a thing um really cool my offensive flex um i might go i might go cedric is cedric bird a, no he's not a flex dang it what are you doing here cedric bird's a five dollar receiver man that's tough see he this might, is the, i mean he might be the best receiver in the conference he, he might be i i glanced over at uh flex and like wait um oh man if you want the other hawaii guy that's when you go with jojo ward that's what i debated that's Hey, that could be that might be my pick there because if they are anywhere close to what they did the first half of last year, Ward probably could be because look at um, John Osura and Bird last year they're like top receivers first four or five games of the year for the whole conference. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna put in JoJo Ward and I guess I'm locked in since I'm staying on the podcast for the record. But well, I you, got, you at a minimum you got a slot guy and you got a guy who can make plays on the outside. Yeah, I do. Or Larry Orange, that's a good guy, right? He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So where I'm at right now, I'm going to pause. I'll do mine later. I'm not going to go through defense and everything just because that's boring and for podcasting purposes, really. I'll take a quick glance. But right now, Hammond, Bright, O'Leary, Ward. And then you know what I did with? I, I put in my special teams kicker. I put the Boise State kicker for one point or one dollar just because it's a dollar. And he might do something special, right? Well, if I remember correctly, and, and I'm assuming we'll talk more about this as we get further into the spring game discussion, uh, but – I saw there, I read rather, that he was handling both punts and kicks for the Broncos. How are you going to handle that if we do a point system for punting and kicking? TBD? <laughs> to be determined, yes. <laughs> we'll figure something out. So I, that, that, you might have uh, blew out the value with that one, so I picked him as a dollar because Boise State is going to score points, right? And so that's our, if I'm looking over the rest really quick, um, like obviously the top guys are pretty good to take, like Kavea, Tazino for San Diego State. You have uh, Juju Hoos, Avery Williams, Curtis Weaver. Uh, I'll talk more closely because I've been busy this week. So I'll go through my picks later. Um, Alex, Alex, he's the linebacker, correct? Yes. That could be a good pick at all. If he's back to 100% from injury, then definitely. Yeah, there's all the stupid injuries. Okay, just be healthy all the time, guys. Help me out. Uh, yes, help me out, I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good guys. I'll have to go through my defense, but we'll probably get this up. we got about half of these in. I know you said this weekend, which is now. Maybe we'll give another weekend to say, hey, guys, fill this out, please. Yeah, I mean, it's the off season, so we're not in any rush. No. And I, and I remember some of the initial discussion when I was coming up with kind of the first draft of this thing. People were saying, no, just have like five guys. And I was like, well, that's no fun. I want this to be as inclusive for all of our readers, all of our listeners yeah. as it can be. Which is why there is at least one option from every single team in the conference. And, I and so I think I think it's a fun exercise. It's fair. It's, it's, it's tough to do because – you want to be inclusive, but then it's like, well, some of the guys aren't deserving. But then again, that'll make it more interesting because, to be honest, let's say like we did this, for example. You can make a team that's ridiculously stacked. 
I'm not, these numbers are, I'm just going off your order. So shoot me if you want people, whatever. But like if you had love, a $5 guy, McDonald, four, Colin Hill, three Rogers, two and Hammond one, that makes like an awesome team. This actually has a bit more strategy to it. I'd say where, okay, maybe I do want to have to take Ryan Agnew because well, I'm going to put John Washington, like all these $5 guys down the road and just punt on quarterback or punt yeah, on it, anything. And if you're like me, you know, you can pick a handful of your guys from your team. That too, yeah. And, you know, use that as a way of kind of building around that around those choices, which is how I ended up with uh, with Reyna and Hughes mm-hmm. and Muti. Well, if Hughes does what McMarion did last year, that's a really good quarterback. That's one of the top in the conference. So mm-hmm. and if you're a San Jose State fan, Tyler Evans might be a pretty good pick at two dollars. Possibly. Like he, he, he could outperform. I wouldn't be shocked. Like if he was better than Charles Williams possibly this year, that wouldn't overly surprise me if you were to bump up at least one spot. Mm-hmm. All right, so we get to the uh, Mountain Division uh, preview, spring recap extravaganza with our Air Force Falcons. Uh, let's do it. Do-do-do-do, Air Force Falcons. What do we know, Matt? <laughs> well, um, no major scene. injuries No major injuries to report, first of all. That's that always is. a positive. That is. I guess you could say that you know one of the big things, which I don't know exactly how much of a factor it would have played into going into the fall or even into the, to the season itself, but Bo English finally did transfer out of the program. Took long enough, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, and, it's been, and it's for those been... of you, for those of you with, with a long memory, you may remember that he was this close to transferring to Virginia last year, mm-hmm. and then ended up kind of backing out of it. But I guess as of a couple of weeks ago, he it is official. He's gone. He's at FCS Richmond now. And while I don't know that he would have supplanted Hammond as the starter per se. You know, Troy, Troy Calhoun had a lot of nice things to say about him. I think one of the quotes that jumped out to me from Brent Brigham's uh, recap of the game over at the Colorado Springs Gazette is that, you know, he believed that English was the kind of guy that you can, quote, can win with. Hmm. And that he was making plays not only with his arm, but with his legs, which is exactly the kind of quarterback that the Falcons really need. And so while I, I do think that they'll be in good hands with Hammond, he didn't see a lot of action at the spring game, but that wasn't necessarily a big deal. And Isaiah Sanders, I think, has has shown enough over the last two years where if he needs to step in, which, given recent history, probably will have to at some point. I think between the two of them, they'll be fine. But you can't help but wonder what English might have been able to contribute to this team this fall. Maybe, but when Hammond played, he was dominant and ran and won the ball. Like, uh, to me... I'm not a football coach, obviously, by probably what you hear from me saying, (laughs) just knowing about me. But I thought it was Hammond and not even close. Well, and and I'm not disparaging Hammond at all. I'm just saying I I understand. I think that, you know, for once, Air Force might have had some very serious depth at at quarterback, which most of the time, year in and year out, is something they definitely need. So while they still have guys back there, you know, Mike Schmidt and Warren Bryan were guys who saw a lot of time at the spring scrimmage. Um, You know, they can probably step in and be fine in a pinch, but I think they do lose a little something when they lose someone like English. Oh, yeah, because look how many times they've had, like, Aaron Worthman, Sanders, and Hammond all play last year. Mm -hmm. Even going back uh, farther than that in time, like, they have never had – I don't even – I know Tim Jefferson played a ton, didn't, wasn't hurt that much, but there's been injuries the past, what, three years of not having one guy play, what, 80% of the snaps all year? Mm-hmm. There's always – so depth is never a bad thing, especially, again, academy where 
hearing a million times. The restrictions on size, weight, how much they can practice. Guys can get more likely to be injured because they're playing against guys who are outweigh them by 50 pounds on the front, like offensive defensive line positions. But I, assuming him and like, I just think it's a no-brainer. He should be the guy, and there should be no question. But depth is fine to have. If they lose it, that is a big issue. But, like, they even have Cole Fagan back, who this he could be, like, their best fullback in years. Oh, yeah. Like, a long time. And so he's been around for a bit. And he they've always had, like, Jacoby Owens, other guys, past couple of years. When Air Force is really good, it's when they not just have good running backs, but they have multiple guys get over about, what, 800 yards or so, a couple guys, two, three guys, mm-hmm. and have a great fullback because – as you know, watching Air Force football, it's more more so with Army. Maybe this will come back this year a little bit. In Navy, they have the fullback dive. They'll use Fagan, yes, the fullback, but he's really just a big running back. You know what I mean? Like Mike Allstott used to be at the Tampa Bay and everything. Like one of those big guys, but he's also pretty quick and actual running back, not a guy to get three yards when you need it. But this could bring back the fullback dive, which all that really does, hopefully, run fullback dive, fullback dive, you do that play action, or you do the fake act. Because we know Air Force doesn't really do the – Army, Navy, triple option. They don't do the full, fake fullback handoff, run to the side, pitch out, or quarterback keep. That's not what they do all the time. But that mm-hmm. might bring this back a little bit where just one more little thing you got to that student nose tackle is like, I got to hit this guy 50 times a game. He may They may run this play actually three times on me <laughs> the whole time. Because yeah. one time he takes, like I said a million times, you take the sidestep to go for the QB or, or what you want to get to pitchman. They hand off the middle. There's a huge gap for 20 yards. So with a fullback who can actually run up the middle and do that, and also we got Tavion Burjo back there as well, they will be fine. And that's going to be – obviously, it's dumb to say it's her strength, but it could be even more of a strength this year. Yeah, and not only those two guys you mentioned, but you know the overarching story of their the spring scrimmage in particular is you know giving young guys a chance to shine. And you know, you know names that you know if if they start making a difference in like October, November. You know, you may have heard about it here first. You know, yeah, uh, one guy apparently that really stood out was uh, tailback Josh Stoner mm-hmm. um, because he was playing in place of kid in Remsburg who missed most of the spring due to injury. So he saw some time in the pl- tailback position, performed pretty well. And with just one guy coming back at wide receiver and Trod Sanders, now all of a sudden you might be seeing some other big rangy guys with a big catch radius stepping up and possibly making a difference going into the fall. You know, Jake Spiewak, uh, six foot four, for instance, David Ooh. Cormier, six foot three. You know, if one of those guys can step up and, and be an effective run blocker and a guy who can catch those 50 50 balls down the field, you know, they're losing Marcus Bennett, they're losing Ronald Cleveland. You know, losing 40 catches may not seem like much, but that's a significant amount of what Air Force did last that's year. That's like 88% of their passing game. <laughs> they, they need like they need one of those guys. Yeah, so do. like if, if Gerard Sanders steps up a little bit in his production and they get one of those, you know, sophomores to step up and really shine, you know, now all of a sudden you're talking about a very dangerous Air Force offense that can create big plays, chunks of the field. All right. Anything else in Air Force defense when you get to any um... – other because we want to keep this kind of somewhat yeah shortish no i think that's pretty much it kind of the story of the spring is you know young guys on both sides of the ball and i'm sure we'll see more of that as we go into the fall as well one quick note real quick i'm just going through the gazettes um this isn't really a um okay no i want to bring up two notes here for air force football that's not football related well it is football related but not what we're doing at the moment did you see still hammer got an invite to the eagles camp I did. You had Stillhammer, which is awesome. You had there's another guy, Ryan Ryan Watson, Watson got a pick up to go 
somewhere with the Vikings. Shoot, I just passed it here. Um, Detroit Lions. That's what it is. Yeah. And this is a bit more of a basketball thing, but me and Eli Betker is finally back from his uh, hobnobbing in Iceland and Europe. We're going to do a basketball podcast soon. Head coach got a Dave Pilipovich got an extension, so good for him. Very nice, very nice. Let me ask you this. I think I've asked you this before. I know I know we're on a time crunch here, but how would you feel? I know you're not a hu- huge into basketball as much as others are. Air Force has like 20 guys in the roster. Should they just do a hockey lineup five and five out every media timeout and run the team to death, the other team? I would watch that. That's what I'm telling people. Just to see what happens. Because why not? I, I don't think – me and Eli have discussed it. If you heard both our shows, I bring this up all the time. Just – Run them to death. They have 20 guys. Just um, They're in pretty good shape, right? The academy? You got to be some athletes there. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, just do a hockey sub, five in, five out, and just do it. Every... That's I, that's the dream. That's all. Are, are they allowed to do cut blocking too? <laughs> um, maybe. Just like set, set a screen by going at the other guy's needs. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe do a screen and bend <laughs> your knees a little bit more. Pull a mm-hmm. uh, Grayson Allen to Duke maybe, sort of, and nonchalantly with a little the foot out there. But uh that's all. No, that's all I do in basketball. I just want to. I just want to ask people a question because, do you want viewers? Hey, their new TV deal could be coming up. Do you want people to watch Air Force basketball? Have them do the hockey. Go talk to the hockey coach. Ask him how it works. Right. <laughs> yeah. Every thirty seconds. <laughs> if you could, yeah. All right. Let's go to Boise State. We're going to alphabetical order here. If you haven't noticed, folks. So Boise State. There, you'll see a theme here. Quarterbacks is what we're looking at. Uh, Chase Cord's probably the starter. They're maybe? not going to see. Maybe they're not saying for sure. Obviously. He's who's on our list, so as for our purposes, he's probably going to be the starter. Because they lost um, there to Ryan uh, – excuse me, not Ryan Finley. That's the North Carolina State guy who does not count as a Boise State quarterback. Brett Rippon, did you see he got a basically guaranteed deal to be at the Broncos for a couple years, even if it's practice squad? I did. So it's pretty good for him, decent amount of money. But here's – you mentioned a good thing. Like, Boise gets the benefit of the doubt, which they do, which – can be sort of lame when you look at like rankings like Notre Dame or Texas or Tennessee or USC. But I think it's different when it's an individual position player for a team. I think Boise State, whether it's uh, Cord, whether it's um, the true freshman coming in, who is it? Hank um, Bachmeyer. Bachmeyer. I want to say Hank Hammer, but that would be a better name. But Bachmeyer is still pretty good. Whether he starts or something, they're going to be fine at quarterback. There's Even though they have a new running back coming in to start, they're going to lose a couple of receivers. There's a lot to be lost, but they're still – like I say, prove us, prove us wrong, right? See, here's the thing about the quarterback situation, though. Because, like, we we assume that Cord, when he is healthy for fall camp, is probably going to take the number one job. Assume is a strong word to say, and we're hope, that's probably wrong. <laughs> but everything everything I've heard of out of Boise State camp this spring suggests to me it's not going to be that easy. Because pretty much everybody that's in the mix, and I guess at this point it's mostly just Jalen Henderson and Bachmeyer. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys acquitted themselves very well in spring camp and yeah. especially in the spring scrimmage and stuff like that. So, you know, Cord might come in and, and kind of force the conversation. But, I mean, I would not be surprised if it is one of those two guys who you know, played well in the spring game and then came back and, and just kept playing well in the fall and earned the starting job. Here's the thing we need to discuss quickly that they which we'll get into our big preview show in a couple weeks whenever we decide to get to Boise State or whoever. They have a pretty big opponent, Florida State, week one out down in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. This I don't think this would be not the smartest move for um, Twitter blockade, Twitter, Twitter blockmaster head coach there up in Boise State to keep it a secret who's quarterback. Because unless they close practices to everybody the whole time, which maybe they will, maybe they won't. You know what I mean? 
But mm-hmm. if you're playing a pretty good opponent, even Florida State has their own issues of who's going to be quarterback. It's probably going to be um, was it was uh, um, Wisconsin transfer. Um, shoot, um, you know what I'm talking about the guy who throws the ball sort of well. Are you talking about? It's um, not Alex Hornibrook. Is yes, it? it is Hornibrook. Yeah, he's at Florida State now. Hornibrook. Yeah. Oh, he is. I'm I like <laughs> that shows you how much I pay attention to the Power yeah. Five programs. Well, in the I was gonna say I was gonna say my buddy uh, Jake Kukoroski, who does stuff for Wisconsin, would like kick me in the face because I chatted with him the past couple of years about Hornibrook when they're playing the Mountain West. So he's like, you should know who that guy is. Um, he was okay. He was fine. But you're playing a pretty good. Whatever you want to say, Florida State. They didn't go to bowl game last year. weren't very good overall for by per their standards. Still got pretty good defenders playing basically a road game. They should have the quarterback named maybe two a week before game week, mm-hmm. even if everybody in the world knows it. Here's the thing, though: even if Florida State knows it, it's still a guy who's never played a snap. So, what film do they really have on him? So, I don't think there's any harm naming Cord, Hank, or whoever to be quarterback. You know I mean, it doesn't matter. So, so that's so. So that's, let's assume. I mean, obviously, if Cord isn't a part of the competition right now, so between Henderson and Bachmeyer. If it were your decision, who would you have as the QB one, even if it's subject to change going into the fall? People like Brockmar. He's the hot, he's the hot guy, right? Freshman, true freshman guy. They want to bring in there. And I think that I would disagree. I think that I would probably go with Henderson. Why is that? Well, because I I think that he did slightly better in the spring game. You know, he had a big touchdown throw to Khalil Shakir that apparently caught everybody's attention. Um, and you know, I think that. If I think that if back in 2015, where you know eventually Rippon became the starter, and but it didn't happen for two games, you know, oh, he didn't but... play in their opener against Washington, and he didn't play on the road at BYU, he eventually came in against Idaho State and then took over from there. Well, and so that's I, different injury replacement, that's why he got to start. Yeah, he was I mean, and for that too. And then also, you have to consider. You also have to consider the new redshirt rules too, where I don't mm-hmm. think Boise State's going to be in that much of a rush to throw Bachmeyer onto the field permanently if they don't have to. I it does make sense. I just kind of reading what Boise State fans. We want the guy. He's true freshman guy. He'll come in. He doesn't have a photo on the team roster. How likely is he going to start the quarterback? <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to say. I wouldn't I be surprised by anything. You know any way that this competition could turn out because you know that's part of that's part of the benefit of the doubt is when you recruit as well as Boise State has you have options seemingly forever yeah you have options and they are all likely to be good if not very good or great you know so let's go to running back really quick because they lost uh, their Jeremy Mc, or Mc, not McNich- yeah McNichol right no Madison geez I'm going two years back they, it's whatever the latest running back that got drafted right <laughs> like, Doug Martin got started the Raiders Chiefs, is it yeah. him can I talk about Doug Martin again he's on the Raiders now so they lose running back which I said it years before and people always criticize me I'm like they'll be fine I'm like they'll be fine like quarterback even though honestly at this point running back is their can you see that's their premier position for Boise State football, what they should be known for as running back at this point? I think that's fair. Either so, that or pass rushers. Yeah, one of the two. But most people will more likely pay attention to running back, right? Because offense and whatever. But you got Van Der Esch, NFL. You have um, some other guys in the Cowboys who are just tearing it up, Demarcus Lawrence. But that's going to be a big issue as well, which it sort of is. It, it, it may be, maybe not, because Madison had, what, fifteen, almost 1,500 yards last year, just over – actually, 1,415 as I look into it, it's not going to be an issue where, like, who's going to be back there? Is it, like, running ball? They can put Van Buren back there to get a lot more carries? Like, who, what are they going to do? Robert Mahone had barely played last year. 
The, the difference in replacing is bigger than what it has been in the past, and that's kind of a concern. Because they've that's always true. they've always had the number two guy who's been pretty good. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, they've the the answer has usually been clear when they've had to replace like a Jai or Jeremy McNichols, because you know the guy coming up to replace him has at least shown a glimpse of something. You know, like I forget exactly what Madison's numbers were in the year before he became the starter, but it's not like he. It's not like he was a non-factor that he year. He had, I've read here, he had 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. Yeah, and then the year before that, though, he only had 67 touches, but he was averaging almost five yards carry. Yeah, he had, i got to hear real quick, four TDs, 328. So, yeah, he's he was a guy. And, like, if you look at the backups from this year, like, the, technically the number two rusher was Hightower. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are you going to do there, folks? I mean, I think, again, you know, Van Buren and Mahone are the most obvious options, but... You know, running back two is another position where they have guys who aren't in the conversation yet who could easily force themselves to the you know, on the way to the top of the depth chart. You know, Robert or George Holani, excuse me, Keegan Duncan. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys are very well regarded. So again, you know, if neither of the existing options are able to really assert themselves in fall camp, there's opportunity there for someone new. I wonder if it could be like because a couple years ago when they were trying to find number two guy. They always kept mm-hmm. going. I think it was on Mahone. They wanted him to really be that number two guy a couple years ago. He didn't do it. I'm betting they might go with multiple backs for the first couple of games and figure things out. That awesome. was surprised me. That, like, you kind of have like maybe three guys who get like eight carries each, maybe mm-hmm. something like that, maybe eight to ten, and kind of spread it out. I think that's what it could be. So, um, anything else on offense? We need to do wide receiver talk. And you good there? We've talked a lot of Boise State here. I say boys, they were loaded at wide receiver. I, know, I think that's, that, that situation is pretty much all. Set. That's why I'm like, yeah, we're all good. I guess defense. Um, my computer's being weird here. Anybody on defense? Like they lose uh, Tyler Horton. He's gone, but Avery Williams is back. Um, here's the thing too. Boy, everybody loves Boise State's offense. Oh, they're, they're great. Trick plays. Do this. Defense is really good, man. David Moa back. Chase Hatata there. They miss spring stuff, but they'll be ready to go. Hopefully. You got some senior and got some senior guys, upperclassmen. They're gonna be fine. They're going to be really good. Like, look who they have always had. Like defensive backs, another position where they're always loaded. And that's where Avery Williams will come in. Maybe he'll be. I don't know if they'll be a guy like Tyler Horton who made all the big breakout plays, like his defensive touchdowns and pick sixes. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna have plenty of guys like Curtis Weaver. He's pretty good. I want to say he's really good. You have like yeah, Dan I mean, Herberg. They have a lot of guys out there who. He, if he got time in spring, partly because of injuries, but maybe that experience allowed him to step up and be like that next uh, linebacker they're looking for. Well, and it's not only that. you know, They have young guys on defense, too, who if they take on a bigger role, they could have a huge season. Like, perfect example, Ezekiel Noah, mm-hmm. where you know they don't know quite what how he's going to fit into the defense yet because he's filling in for Riley Wimpy right now, who's also recovering from an ACL injury. So, you know, if Noah continues to perform well, are, you know, are they going to find another role for him in the defense? Is he going to replace Wimpy? You know, it, it may not be quite as glamorous as it is with Cord in the quarterback position, but that's another one of those things that could be equally important in the long run. All right. And do you think, like, they're deservedly as the number one team in the conference at the moment? I think so. Yeah. What did, what because did, What did we put as – well, go ahead with your thought, and I'll look that up real quick. Because I was just going to say, because you know they do have the one big question at quarterback, which they aren't alone in that regard in the Mountain West as a whole. 
they have so much coming back at so many different positions where it's not like a Fresno State where they're losing their entire linebacking core and they're losing half of their defensive backfield and they're losing pretty much everybody who caught a pass last year. You know, they have the one big question, but they have a ton coming back. So, you know, to me, it's just one of those instances where it's kind of obvious that they should be the number one team. Okay. Because it wasn't like they were that far away from you know not only winning the conference championship, but you know the only game where they really I don't know I don't know I feel like it's a little harsh to say they got run out of the building, but they they had a pretty you know tough loss on the road at Oklahoma State last year. They only yeah. lost by six to San Diego State. They only lost by three in the title game. And so if those big questions get sorted out, you know in the 90th percentile, let's say if someone you know, seizes the job, comes out the gate firing, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about just another Boise State team that is at or near the top of the conference where they have been pretty much since they got here. They should be. We had them tied for in our back in, was it or mid-January, our way mm. too early preseason. We had them tied with Fresno State. Fresno six first place votes, three for Boise State, and then one for Utah State. Yeah. Do you still stand by that? Your vote for Boise State number one, or Fresno State number one, or both, I um, guess I should say. Personally, yeah, I think if I remember correctly, you know, because I think I've said this before, but I always subscribe to the you got to be yeah. the best to be the best. Yeah, and for, we'll get to Fresno next week, but they have, they have plenty back. It's not like they're losing everything, right? Yeah. All right, so let's go to Colorado State. Oh, do we trust anything ever Mike Bobo says that comes out of his mouth? Can we ever trust anything? I mean, I think so. Really? Just because I'm just you know I, I, I try to be open minded. Just because I don't like it when he says quarterback competition is open for 28 guys, I should believe him. <laughs> well, I mean, he might say that, but I think it's important to note that observers, like, for instance, Kelly Lyle of the Colorado in, Colin Hill's pretty much going to be the guy. Good. They make sure he's the guy and don't, Finally. don't screw around with <laughs> stuff like that. Also, let's, quarter- let's hope not, right? Quarterback note really quick. We talked about Brett Rippon really quick. Remember I discussed, like, who's on the roster and he's going to stick around, around there? Denver Broncos waved Garrett Grayson. To make your Ouch. so you're right. You did get the last laugh at him, <laughs> Colorado State. Sorry, <laughs> but with this team, is this going to be the, like last year wasn't good for the Rams? They had talent, but they were not good last year. How? Yeah, because like, it was either they they either got off to really slow starts, or you know something something was a mess pretty much on either side of the ball all of last year. But I think that the you know, the takeaway is. From spring, at least as far as I see it, is maybe they can be cautiously optimistic, even despite the fact that they too are having to replace a lot of production. Maybe like okay, the quarterback should be more solidified because Colin Hill, like if he's healthy and good to go, like I can make a pretty bold statement, he might be the best. He could be one of the top two quarterbacks in the conference. I'd agree with that. But it'd be losing Preston Williams, Obelisi Johnson to NFL. They do get in the uh, who's a transfer from Auburn, correct? He's coming in like week three or four. Nate Craig Myers, yeah, that's, he'll that's right. be he'll be there for the fall. He'll be there for the fall, but it's not like basically if you transfer, it's year to year, so that's why he can't play the first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So I made the point he might be like Preston Williams next this upcoming year, kind of that production. Like, oh, transfer comes in as well, and they have another couple couple receivers, uh, running back. Like I mentioned before Marvin Kinsey, maybe he'll do something special. They've had a stable of running backs, but I think the biggest thing which probably wasn't answered in spring ball defense. Are they yes going? And no. Yeah. 
No, it's got to be yes. Their defense has been atrocious the past couple of years. Well, no, I, I know that. It made Marty I, English quit foot coaching football. But and one of the things to that point that Lyle pointed out was that you know just the the basics, which I think is one of those things that Bobo and the rest of the <laughs> defensive stack, but yeah, <laughs> tackling that that has been much improved from the point of view of the coaching staff. And so even something like that is something where when you look at how the defense really struggled last year, one of the things they struggled with was giving up big plays. And it's not like they are completely devoid of talent on that side of the bowl. ball. You know, Rashad Jai had a good year last year. He also had a pretty good spring camp. Um, Max McDonald looked healthy. He could be back and, and play a factor. And, you know, some of the guys up front, Ellison Hubbard, Devin Phillips, things like that, like I think it's there. It's just a matter of seeing it all come together. But that's still kind of the big if. And so, you know, if Colorado State fans are, are kind of like me at this point, especially on defense, I kind of want to see them just prove it more in fall camp. Yeah. Like I want to see them hold on to these gains and then be able to take it with them into the season. But I think for now, you know, the kind of the, the positive reports that I'm seeing out of Fort Collins right now is – yeah, I'll take that as an as an outside observer. Hopefully, because I'm looking at Bill Connolly's like his radar, defensive radar. The mm-hmm. Rams have a tight radar, which is not what yeah. you want. You wanted the expansive. Their best item was what pass down success rates, efficiency wise. This is like 100 or worse. Mm-hmm. And part of it being well an explosive defense probably means you're up big and you're down big and teams aren't going to throw the ball down the field on you. And yeah. so those 20 yard passing, 30 yard passing is going to be limited. But you're right. I like. If they can get the defense to be just okay, the offense I think will be will be fine. Like they, that's I think it's good not the issue there. Like Colin Hill's a really good quarterback. They'll have a good running game. They should have a couple good receivers. But I think part of it is is just the defense need to share their own weight. Like they're projected like S and P 109th going into the year. It's like that's not good. Like they're mm-hmm. I know we'll get to our win loss projections. They are not favored in any games this year. Or excuse me. FBS games. Western Illinois, they're favored. And New Mexico, why well, I said not favored, you're like, oh, how can they not be favored at New Mexico? It's 50 50. Mm-hmm. This projection, I know it's in a vacuum game by game, is a 1 in 11 season. Not going to happen, but defense, show me something. I want those guys to. Maybe it's Bubble being around because I know last year's weird with him being hurt, being sick and hospitalized and couldn't play, couldn't coach for a while. But they got to have some something step up, and maybe year two with the new coaches on defense side of the ball makes it makes a difference. But I don't know, man. I'm I have I still have plenty of questions that need to be answered, and it starts with defense because offense I think will be okay. Replacing a couple receivers is a big deal, but they've had enough receivers the past couple of years to step in, transfer one year guys, and be ready to go. So I'm not too concerned with that. But defense is where I want to see something before I'm like they can maybe win five games if that's the case. I totally get that. All right, so who's next? Is it New Mexico? Or is that alphabetic order-wise? Uh, uh, yes. Good. We know our alphabet. New Mexico. Bob Davies still the coach, right? Is that still fa- a fact? Uh, that is correct. Yes, he is. <laughs> okay. So the biggest thing with them, they have a new offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. new defensive coordinator, which was kind of really awkward when you promote a guy, demote a guy within, promote a guy within, but then the guy gets demoted, sticks around for a week. They're like, I'm out of here. I'm going to LSU. Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad that happened because that would be pretty awkward. Like if you're your job, Matt, if somebody like you've had this position, oh, you get demoted. Oh, that sucks. 
you would think, oh, maybe they'll bring somebody else from somewhere else to come in to do that job. Now, let's get this guy who was below you before, and now he's way above you. That may not go over all thought of people, or just be kind of just weird. It worst. is a little strange. A little strange. So, but that's what Bob Davey is, nothing but strange, right? It's, uh, it's been an adventure. Let's put it that way. So, I guess the quarterback situation, it's going to be uh, Tua Tova, right? Is he the, uh, should be, even though they say there's four guys in the mix. Question mark? Exactly. Um, question. It seems like there's question marks pretty much everywhere. You know, I think that, you know, one thing that our our New Mexico guy, Roger Holian, noted, and it's something that I've seen in other hotlines from from those who follow the program closely, is there, there also seems to permeate a, a sense of optimism, you know, because the headline, of course, from our guy, Roger, was that, you know, Bob Davey is pleased. And he's pleased I he has a job. Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I think that, that Jordan Peterson was was pleased, and I think that, that I forget who who wrote the article, so forgive me, but that they referred to it as a quote no name defense. What's where, new? That's new. Not nothing new. Well, <laughs> then, but and that's what I'm saying. They're breaking in a lot of new guys on that side of the ball. Yeah. But you know, if they feel like things are coming together as well as it can be over like what, two or three weeks of spring ball. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a, that's another instance where like we just talked about with the Rams that, you know, that cautious optimism I think is really all you can ask for. It is. And like, I know the joke did Dakota Cox a couple years ago. They've had a few good guys. If they're not running the ball very much anymore of what they did, which is still the most mind boggling thing is that why go away? Like you're not getting, here's the thing. Well, this isn't the big preview, like we said, but you get into the team, the games, the team here, you there's no high level recruits in your state to play D one very few. You're surrounded by st- states that have it, like Texas is nearby, California is nearby. There's a couple in Utah, a couple in Nevada, Colorado, same similar situation, maybe fewer. What? Why go away from a unique offense that people have to try to game plan you one week out of the year and go to something more traditional where teams can typically run their same game plan and not worry about you? All the mm-hmm. times they struggled, or not struggled, but they. Well, no, Boise struggled against him a couple of times. They beat in Boise State. They co-division champs a couple of years ago when they're beating good teams. Then they go back. Let's go. No, we want to pass the ball more. We want to be a team that can do this. And, like, why go away from something unique that's been working? And maybe not worked great two years ago. And then past year, kind of past year, this past year, they switched from it. But I think that's what they need to do if Davey is their coach. He's a defensive coach, which defense isn't doing very well. Ever basically, his tenure they got better a couple years ago, but they made the changes this off season. They I, that's what I it's kind of my Air Force thing, like basketball. Just run the uh, fly, the rotate five guys five out, go in with their op- offense option. That's what worked. But since they're not, they're not they're going to be bottom of the conference doing that. And quarterbacks wide open. They de- defense is very good. Running game is not explosive anymore. They lost like Delane Hart Johnson. They I don't know, man. It's there's too much to get into a spring recap with this team without talking about next year because there's nothing much was resolved besides I was pleased with the walk-on guy breaking up a deep pass. That's your big highlight of spring. I don't know what to tell you if that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to bury the Lobos too much just because there's still a lot for them to sort out, as you said. I hope so. And I think to that point, I forget where I saw it, but I think I saw someone mention that the Lobos have like 17 receivers on the roster. They know they can look like four or five at once, right? <laughs> well, on the field, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know. 
and and so I think that just is to me is emblematic of what the the team is really going through on both sides of the ball. It's like just figuring out who those best guys are. But I think that what's most important, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more when we get into the team preview in particular, is you know they brought in a lot of JUCO guys, as we mentioned during our mm-hmm. uh, our signing day podcast as well. They need some of those guys to hit and and hit you know if not big time, just to be solid contributors and be starters and be solid if not spectacular but we'll get into more of that mm-hmm. as we get further into the summer one guy to look out for here we go this could be the positive he was quarterback he's now running back um was it bryson carroll he got screwed by playing two plays and lost his eligibility one year quarterback which is lame richard last year moved to running back had done pretty good pretty good job so that might be if you want to positive that maybe he's going to be a running back that'll step up and get that stuff going so, mm-hmm. all right, what's the next team? So we go to um, Utah State. Aggies all the way, right? Well, Aggies all the way, exactly. So we are talking about them. Questions, not many. Quarterback, Jordan Love. He's pretty good. He will be, I'll say right now, preseason player of the year. That's not a stretch. That, that's a fair argument, yeah. Fair? <laughs> it's not a stretch, right? That's, that's, yeah, I mean, I think there's a conversation to be had. Wait, wait, who else would be on there? Seriously. Uh well let me look at my budget roster real yeah, quick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe I mean, if Juwan Washington wasn't hurt last year, maybe him. Well, if Cole McDonald gets back to where he was in August and September of last year, he's definitely in the conversation too. I know, but I said preseason. And like you mentioned, Juwan Washington, maybe. You know, if one of those Boise State receivers breaks out in the same kind of way that you know Thomas Spurbeck has and Cedric Wilson has in the past, maybe. But I think I think at a minimum I'll I'll give you this that he's definitely got the inside track on that conversation. That's why I say preseason play. There are too many question marks coming in. So yeah. if him Gerald Bright, I think he'll be fine taking him stepping up for Darwin Thompson. He played plenty last year. I guess their big concern is offensive line losing guys like Quinn Ficklin and a couple others. Losing um, isn't Rontavian Carver gone as well from the roster? He is. So the receiving group is an issue, and offensive line is an issue. Not to mention, oh yeah, new head coach. Knew they stole everybody from University of Utah, like Justin Enya, uh, who is now their defensive coordinator. He was linebackers coach. Gary Anderson back in town. Um, I'm wondering what – I think – I guess there's – coach – I guess offense is the biggest question, right? Because what, what are they going to run? Are they going to keep it intact like last year? Where even though they have a new coach, they have the great quarterback, they have a pretty good running back, they seem to find some wide receivers. Also, remember, Dax Raymond's gone, tight end, NFL. Mm-hmm. What's your big concerns about them? Is it just gelling with the new offensive staff or new staff overall and hoping the offense stays similar to what they wanted to do from last year with uh, Matt Wells? Yes and no. Um, because obviously I, I didn't get a chance to watch the spring game too much of it besides a little bit of highlights. But, you know, and, and take this with a grain of salt because it was like, I believe it was the first team against the second team, but the first team did score 38 points in their spring showcase. So, you know, even if they still need to sort out some receiving options in particular, you know, Jordan Love showed that he's probably going to be just fine. You know, Savon Scarver showed that he mm-hmm. could step up as a receiving threat as well as a return threat. Excuse me. You, know, you need to refer to him as a pro- proper name, All-American. Oh, excuse Savon me. All-American <laughs> kick returner, Savon Scarver. <laughs> You're absolutely right. For- forgive me. You know, Gerald Bright scored on a touchdown. And, you know, they do have some new guys who did catch – you know, at the eyes like Enoch and Awahini. You know, there's another Nawahini who might be pretty good in the conference now. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about that. 
I don't know. I, I'd I say like, that, well, there's I, question I marks. Say, um, there's question I would marks say there, among right? the teams in the Mountain Division that we've discussed, and, and I, I guess I would throw Wyoming in this conversation as well, right now I would say I have the least amount of concerns about Utah State. Yeah, because defense is fine. Like, David Woodward's back, Tip is back. Rockamore's not there anymore. He's gone and uh, got picked up by somebody in NFL. But they, yeah, fewest questions. Maybe. I don't think Air Force has a ton of questions either for them, really, overall. Yeah, I mean, I think what you want to see from a team like Utah State maybe is who, you know, guys, right? we guys who. Names yet? Maybe that's all it is. It's guys who, who might step into the positions that have been vacated, but yeah. they go left stepping up and making plays. So, like, perfect example is Braxton Gunther going out there and, and making an interception in, in the spring scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know, a 70-yard interception, by the way. Not bad. Uh, you know, like, like you mentioned, Gallia, he's coming back. You know, he had two sacks. You know, Troy Lefaget Jr. having an interception. So, like, you know, the the guys who you didn't know of going into spring ball – you know, making a name, creating opportunities for themselves to contribute going into the fall, going into the season. And I think for a team like Utah State, where they're definitely still in position, at least as far as I'm concerned, to be in that mix for a conference title. You know, I think that among the teams in this division, you can probably feel the best about them. I think so, too. I mean, also, you get the best quarterback and maybe the best player. You got a lot of confidence. One other piece of note from the spring game, which is always good to um, have there when you have all the former NFL greats stop by or current NFL greats stop by your, to see the spring game. Chris Cooley, mm-hmm. Evan Lawson, Bobby Wagner, Robert Turbin, Al Smith, Donald Penn, a lot of good guys. So that's always good to have those guys hanging around perhaps. That's uh, just oh, a little, yeah. little bonus. Like, hey, we got all these NFL guys on the team. And Bobby Wagner, what, top five? What, he had most tackles last year in NFL, I think, with the Seahawks? One yeah, if the, I remember correctly, he didn't have a single missed tackle last year. One of the best linebackers in NFL. Not bad. All right, it, good good for recruiting. I'll tell you that's that. That's what much. I'm saying. That's the point. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Dude, like, hey, you can be this guy. And Wagner was, I believe, he's with Gary Anderson. I think at Utah State. I want to say maybe. Don't recall. I exactly. believe. I believe so. Yeah. And at least cross paths. So, is Wyoming the final team we need to do before we bust out of here in a few minutes? Yes, sir. So Wyoming, thank you for good timing on them naming a starting quarterback. Right. Yeah, very good timing. John Chambers, which that's not too surprising, is it? Not really, no. So, Wyoming is now – there's Nico Evans, to run it, which we kind of alluded to early on, who was probably, I guess, the most bang for your buck in your team. He would have been the most best value because he was doing a lot with not much around him. Mm. And they weren't scoring many points. The quarterback position was pretty terrible last year. But hopefully – there was injuries a bit last year a bit, but having Chambers as the guy – it's going to be helpful going into uh, fall camp when they start their season over uh, Vanderwall, who eh, okay, but it is. I think this is the right move, right? I definitely think so, but I think it's important to keep in mind that you know while you might think that solving the quarterback problem is usually the biggest <laughs> question that any team has to solve, you know it, it's good that I think Wyoming made the decision that they have, but they still have a lot that they have left to sort out too. Um, you know, the running back situation without Nico Evans is still kind of up in the air. Um, and that's not because of the guys that they have coming back. I, I think Xavier Valade, as you mentioned earlier, could be pretty good. But he didn't see a lot of action in spring ball, if any, just because he has been rehabbing from injury. And, you know, Javon Bigelow left the program. And so now all of a sudden, they don't have anybody else who had any carries in 
in a pro game last year. Uh, they did bring in a grad transfer in Trey Smith from Louisville, who could factor in into fall camp. Um, but, you know, in the same way that we just talked about Colorado State as far as, like, kind of show me something, you know, we know that they are going to want to run the ball. And so I think it's incumbent upon Wyoming to, one, keep guys healthy, guys like Valade in particular. But if they are breaking in new guys like, you know, Trey Smith – you know, to show that the offense will be productive regardless of whoever's, whoever's under center because, you know, we know that's what they want to do. And we know, especially by the end of last year, that teams had a really difficult time stopping it. But if they don't have those one or two guys, then all of a sudden you're kind of back to square one where that offense was struggling in the middle of the year last year and it didn't look like they had any obvious answers for how to solve it. Yeah. Um, there are some issues with this team overall, right? Is that safe to say? I mean, I feel like issues is too strong, but just like there, there are questions that this talk okay. solve. Like right. running back, you know, obviously you, nice you want to see you want to see the the receivers kind of step up and contribute a little bit more, especially since they are so senior heavy. But it's, they do have options coming back. That's what I mean. Uh, you think at this point, if all these guys, I know it's not always. I hear you hear me say it a bunch. Like, oh, you bring guys back and played a lot. Great, be good though. Just because you're back and play a decent amount doesn't mean you'd be great. But hopefully, you should be better regardless. Maybe not be a huge jump, but. If these guys have been in the program for a couple of years, they got to take care of business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just seeing guys who have been role players in this past, you know, if they have to step up and take on a, a more significant role, what is that going to look like? So seeing, you know, more per, more contributions out of someone like, for instance, like Garrett Crawl, where now that he doesn't have Crawl Granderson, you know, next to him on the other side of the ball, or Kevin Prosser, he's gone too, you know. Can someone like Crawl or other guys behind him, like Davon Wells Ross or Devon Brown, can they step up and become that next man up? And so, you know, while they do have a hold of some of those questions, a lot more are going to still going to they're going to need more time to sort those out. A couple other questions: We'll go to defense, which usually is fine, but Wingard's gone, Marcus Epps is gone. There's another area where four-year starters are out the window. Yeah. And probably could be like what Tyler Hall, Antonio Hall, will probably be the two guys I think that step up. And but, Elijah Halliburton, yeah, yeah. But they, those guys have played like not okay. I say step up. They're cornerbacks, they're not safeties, but they're going to be probably to ask to do a little bit more. Can we have almost fifty career starts between those two guys? That's two two years each, I believe. If my mm-hmm. math is right. Yes, two. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Four total years if you combine them all. So yeah, four minus two is two. Two players, two plus two, four. Got it. Okay, and <laughs> but they have plenty of guys like. It's just that it might be similar to, like, uh, Utah State, you said. Okay, who's the receiver going to be? It might be a Wyoming defense. We know they're going to be – probably should be good, but who's it going to be? And there's guys like maybe um, like Brandon Smith possibly, Rome Weber, so, a couple guys, co-starters out of spring. So they still got stuff to figure out, but hopefully they've learned from those guys from years before. Craig Bull is a great defensive coach. Also, I haven't even mentioned Scotty Hazleton's gone, new defensive coordinator as well. That's true. I mean, I think that I'm a little more – um, enthusiastic about the guys they have coming back. I am on defense, um, offense. I'm still like, come on. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. And it's not just the guys you mentioned, like C.J. Colden, for instance. He was playing pretty well at the beginning of last year, and then he suffered an injury. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's going to come in and lock down one of those cornerback spots, which allows Tyler Hall to be flexible. Maybe he plays corner. Maybe he plays a little bit of safety. Right. You know, Keon Blakenbaker is another guy who you know, he might be in line for a much bigger role as well. So. As long as those guys stay healthy, as long as they can kind of just take a step forward in their development, things like that, 
you know, it's starting to get to the point where, especially on the defense side of the ball, Wyoming has the track record where you can kind of trust that things are going to sort themselves out. And that, that's a credit to, to Bull and the coaching staff that he's built there in, in Laramie. For sure. I guess the main thing is what will the offense do with new quarterback? Like you mentioned with Valade not playing much in spring, offensive line needs some time to gel in fall camp. So they have a lot of question marks. I'm fairly, fairly optimistic they'll be better than last year offensively because we also said it was harder to be worse than last year than the year before. This next year, oh, man, it can't be much worse on offense. It has to be better, right? <laughs> and I think that's a, that's a matter of, you know, you look at what the, the season looked like overall and it wasn't pretty. But, you know, when you get down to it, even despite the inconsistency, you know, they were still in the top 50 as far as rushing S&P Plus. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even the, even if they were 127 and passing S&P Plus. <laughs> now, like, that is bound to improve a little bit. Um, but I think, again, you know, they have the guys there. It's just a matter of showing a little more consistency in the passing game, making sure everybody stays healthy, and just kind of, picking up where you left off, especially at the end of last year when things really started coming together on the offensive side of the ball. Definitely. All right. That's our mountain division spring roundup. So hopefully that worked out in just an hour because we are cutting it closer to finish up. We'll be back um, within a week or so to talk about the, no, I was going to say Pacific division. Jeez, I'm out of my mind. West division. Cause you know, it's the mountain and West Matt, right? <laughs> do I yeah, know that? I, have. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, do, you, do you have the NHL playoffs on your brain? Is that what's going no. on? Please, I don't even know who's in the playoffs. Um, I don't know why I said Pacific. I'm just thinking West Coast, San Diego State, Fresno, they're on the Pacific coastline right there, close to it. So we'll talk about those uh, Western division teams coming up in a couple days. And we'll have some, yeah, I guess we will, I guess we'll put on Twitter. Should we do a poll like last year to have the fans decide who goes first or? Oh yeah, definitely. We got to give, we got to give the listeners what they want. We will make it creative. So it's, we'll have fun with it. So look out for that pretty soon. We'll have our, guess our budget roster out in the near future, and we'll start cranking out some random previews, maybe some out-of-conference uh, look-ahead. So check us out. Thanks for listening. MWWire.com. Uh, tune in. Uh, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Stitcher. Trying to get us on Radio.com. So if you ever use that app or something, we might be over there shortly. So just another place to find us, right, Matt? Anywhere. Absolutely, can't, yeah. Can't be missed. So thanks for tuning in, and, yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll probably be back within a weekend. Later, folks.